Welcome to the Data Whisperer Podcast, brought to you by Data Migration International. The podcast where you hear the latest news from the world of data and digital transformation. The Data Whisperer Podcast is hosted by Bill Vall, a technology industry veteran and enterprise software professional. Thanks everyone for joining us today as we continue our discussions about the intersection of technology and business. Today, our topic is all about the move to S4 HANA. Hello everyone, my name is Bill Wall and I'm honored to be the host of this podcast series, The Data Whisperer, brought to you by Data Migration International. I'm always fascinated about how to apply technology and services to help companies meet their IT and business challenges, so really looking forward to the discussion. As some of our audience knows, I spent 11 years of my career at enterprise software leader SAP, so I have a strong perspective on the role SAP solutions play in helping so many companies drive their business. The continuing innovation of SAP solutions leads many CIOs and their teams to be ever focused on updating their solutions and adapting their IT operations to what is today's ever-changing business environment. And that's part of our focus today. So I'm really excited to welcome to the program Uwe Griegele, Senior Vice President of Customer Evolution at SAP. He is the guy responsible for end-to-end solution management of SAP S4 HANA on-premise and in the cloud. SAP describes him as a solution evangelist. I love that description. What that basically means, he spends most of his time working hand-in-hand with SAP customers and partners. So we're lucky to welcome this 20-plus year veteran and all of his experience to the Data Whisperer podcast. Uva, welcome to the program. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me. So the topic today is the migration to S4 HANA. There's been a lot of discussion about this. It's not a new topic. It's a continuing topic, but let's talk about it. You know, if we look at today's SAP world, the move to S4 HANA is inevitable, right? How are customers doing on that journey? I mean, if we are looking at where we are today, I mean, we launched S4HANA back in 2015, which is now nearly eight years ago. So <laughs> really, as you said, quite quite some time down the, down the line already. When we are looking at where we are, I mean, we today have more than 20,000 customers on that solution. So we can definitely say, first and foremost, uh, um, um, it, it has been successful with 20,000 customers on it. Uh, but it's also, so to say, nothing, nothing new anymore, right? Um, uh, we are seeing, of course, um, or have been seeing over the um, course of these uh, years, these eight years of um, rolling out as for HANA, um, we've also seen seen a shift, right? Uh, we've seen a shift from uh, from the on-premise world to the um, to the cloud, right? Uh, uh, have been nicely able to report in our um, in our um, 2022 numbers a uh, 90 more than 90% growth year over year in the ERP cloud business, right? So that's, that's really demonstrating that mm-hmm. um, customers are, are moving to the cloud. Um, but we also we have also seen that uh, um, with that move to the new platform, I mean, that's nothing customers are just doing to, to do it, right? They are not updating um, technology just for technology's sake, right? So, uh, but we have been really um, uh, seeing that um, customers are using that new platform really um, to um, to support their growth, um, to support um, agility, to support resilience, which has been extremely important in the uh, in the global pandemic that we uh, went through over the past years. And uh, these are typically uh, outcomes that are coming out of this uh, moves to Esfahan at our customers. So there certainly are some industry analysts and so-called experts who always sort of poke at. 
uh, migrations to new versions of software is simply an effort by software manufacturers to get customers to spend money. But the reality is, and it certainly was my experience at SAP, the move to new levels or new um, versions of the software is tied directly to really two things, uh, for at least from where I sit. Uh, changes in technology, in this case, the dramatic shift to the cloud from on-premise solutions, and the rollout of significant new innovation. From where you sit, as you talk to customers, what are the business drivers behind this migration? Um, I mean, when we look, when we're looking over the full eight years, I mean, it has been also changing a little bit, right? So when we started with S4 back in 2015 and the following years, um, driving efficiency, simplifying the landscape, simplifying these sometimes 10, 15, 20 year old ERP systems to go to a new platform and to um, then really drive uh, um, um, uh, processes more efficiently. That has been the, the driver at the beginning, right? And then, uh, um, so to say, the, in the second uh, second third of these eight years, um, the um, the whole topic of innovation and new business processes was uh, a little bit dominating, right? This was where um, the whole idea of turning from selling products to selling services was coming up. And this is uh, uh, what we are supporting with our solution. We built this solution order concept so that um, such mixed uh, orders for a customer can be processed very simple for the customer, but also um, um, simple for the um, company to offer it. And um, then, of course, obviously, over the past um, two to three years, it was changing into two additional di dimensions. Um, the first dimension, especially at the beginning of the uh, pandemic, um, obviously resiliency, as I said, right? So global supply chains. Um, how to manage global supply chains efficiently, how to really identify an alternative um, supplier for a material as as uh, soon as possible. I mean, we we knew about this uh, ship that was uh, that was blocked in the mm. in the channel, right? So um, uh, so this whole um, resilience topic was extremely important. What we are seeing now, when we are looking into the um, past, let's say twelve to eighteen months is um, um, coming or what, what is uh, dominating a little bit more is then the um, being ready, ready for growth, right? Because uh, we have been seeing it in the economic um, already last year that uh, um, in, in, in many areas, things are getting better already. Yes, we are running into an um, economical and also uh, um, uh, raw material uh, um, crisis, oil prices are going up. But we are also seeing in many areas um, optimism, right? Uh, and um, so this is why companies would like to have a platform to be ready for growth, to be ready uh, to really um, also harvest the um, uh, business potential that is evolving in a specific area. And that's uh, that's a, 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 a change reason that is dominating a little bit more uh, uh, today's, right? So that uh, customers are saying, with the move to S4HANA, I'm not having only a more modern, more efficient, more automated platform and so on and so forth. But I'm also having a platform that is uh, supporting me in my growth, right? That is uh, that has made me more resilient, mm -hmm. hopefully, hopefully already um, uh, during the pandemic, um, but that will now support my growth, uh, um, also maybe entering completely new markets. So obviously, the if we look across the many years that people have started to make this move, some have completed it, uh, and it's impressive to see so many companies that are on the platform. We always see among customers sort of three groups. There are those that are the that have the resources and expertise to be on the the 
the leading edge of technology. They're the first movers, if you will. There's always a group that are laggards. They're way at the back. And there are a number of factors that drive that. In my experience, lack of in-house IT expertise, or they don't have the resources, or they're just so conservative, they want everybody else to, to break the glass. And there's always that big group in the middle. Do you see it the same way? Do Why do companies sometimes move very slowly on these upgrade projects? I mean, there are, for me, there are two main um, reasons uh, um, to do that. I mean, one is, of course, that, I mean, the ERP system is a very important uh, um, system. So, uh, yeah, touching that, touching a running system on ERP and um, even for the sake to make it better, to make it more agile, to make it more dynamic, I mean, you still have to touch the processes there, right? So that's, um, uh, that is uh, um, something, that is one main reason. And then another main reason for, for those uh, that you mentioned in the middle, right? Is, um, is then also the um, um, the uncertainties regarding um, I have individualized uh, specialized my ERP over the time mm -hmm. so much how can I how can I take this over yeah. the good thing is that uh, I mean as we are as we are seeing these uh, um, these reasons uh, we have been able of able of course also over the past years to work with especially with our partners but also with our own consulting um, to try to address uh, exactly these concerns and also with tools, right? Um, so when it comes to, um, uh, yeah, never touch this running system, um, I mean, we have been really making a lot of progress with near zero downtime migrations, right? So that, uh, yes, it is a project to get uh, the project uh, the project and the system, system set up uh, uh, being done, right? No question about that. And you will never get that to, to zero because it's an ERP system you're, um, you're upgrading, right? But um, with the near zero downtime, uh, we can then really for uh, mission critical ERP system make systems make sure that um, the um, the downtime uh, um, to move over to the S4 system is really basically near zero, as as the name says, right? So that you can really move over uh, without any disruption of your running business, um, of course, with uh, with some efforts behind it. And that, regarding that makes sense. The, it, it it's so amazing to me that resiliency has really risen to the top. I think the pandemic mm -hmm. and the shift to digital business for many companies has boards and CEOs highly focused that if we're going to be a digital business, the IT simply has to work. There's no room for downtime. There's no room for risk in the equation. Yeah. Uh, if we look out uh, across the, the timelines for the shift to HANA, there's an ultimate deadline. Eventually, People have got to get off their SAP environments and make that shift. For the companies that say, well, that's years away. I still have plenty of time. I'm going to bet you have some practical advice about why waiting till the end is not the right move. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, first of all, of course, uh, every company has to investigate what is really their end date, right? Mm -hmm. uh, um, because yes, we have announced uh, end of mainstream maintenance for ECC 20 to, to be 2027. Um, but that, that applies to the last three enhancement packages of ECC and uh, um, customers that are enhancing package five or lower um, will end even 2025. And then there is for those on the last three enhancement packages, the possibility to do extended maintenance um, until, until 20, 2030. So 2030 is then really the final, final date, uh, um, even for those that are on the last three enhancement packages of ECC. 
And the topic is, of course, that uh, at the end, uh, you need consultants to do um, part of the work. So, of course, we have done a little bit of automation and so to bring AI into the game, but um, an ERP upgrade project is never being done without consultants. Uh, you have to do so much change management even uh, that never, I think, uh, at least I hope, uh, never will be done by, an, by, a, by a bot, right? Um, but by a human being. So um, you need human beings. And um, we are seeing, of course, that um, these resources are already constrained today. I wouldn't say short there, but they are constrained today. And of course, the more you're moving to the to the end date, the more um, some of these people, uh, some of these resources will start to retire, right? And not all of them will be replaced. Um, so resources will get shorter and shorter the more you're moving to the end. And um, so if then customers, if every customer is saying, ah, I will take um, the last two years of the final deadline to take my move, um, then of course it is um, already, you can already say today that there will be never ever enough people to do it, right? So that's why we are really um, um, advising customers, uh, um, not only out of our own interest, which it is of course SSAP, but also out of their own interest, um, to really uh, um, think uh, think about it in a reasonable way to do it uh, rather earlier than later, um, because uh, it's not only that resources will get short the more you're en entering uh, the 2030 deadline, it's also very clear if resources are getting short, they're getting more expensive, um, they're getting hard to get, you will not get maybe the best person uh, you wanted to get. Um, so that's why uh, there are so many reasons really to be rather on the um, on the leading edge than on the leading edge at the end. Well, and the reality, and I think you said it, is that there's only a, there's a smaller subsection of customers that have the latest enhancement packs that could stretch it out what now feels like a lifetime away, seven years. But the reality is the vast majority need to get moving. And that makes it easy for us to switch sort of to our last topic, which is, look, with so many businesses that have gone through the process of making this migration already, and with the team that you have around you and this great partner ecosystem, there clearly are some key success factors to making the project go. Some are obvious for any software move and install. They, you know, starts with an executive sponsor and it's having the right team in IT focused and the right group of partners uh, around you. From where you sit, as you talk to customers, what advice do you give them about the critical success factors for, for a migration project like this? Yeah. And as you said, I mean, the, the the obvious ones are, of course, always there. But what I've seen, what is very important is, first of all, change management, right? Because if you would like to go to S4, then um, there's a reason behind it for you as a business, because you would like to change something. You would like to change the way how you're running your business, how you're running your ERP processes. And um, on that change, you have to take the people with you, right? And so the success of an ERP implementation um, that comes with a business uh, process uh, change or business process uh, redesign is, of course, in the change management that is mm -hmm. getting the people on, on board, right? So that's why I think that is extremely important here. And what is very closely going along with that is then also the user involvement, right? Right from the beginning, um, because the ERP system is, is not there for the company. It's not there for us as SAP. It's there for the users, right? And um, I had one... Uh, um, CIO I talked to uh, um, who was at the beginning struggling a little bit with getting the um, getting the business on board. And then he told me uh, he went out in a meeting and he said to the users, look, I'm not doing this for me. I can live with the ERP um, for the next year. So I'm doing it, uh, this project really 
for you to give you a tool with which you can uh, work easier, work more analytics controlled, data controlled, and um, uh, and then all out of a sudden the people were uh, were really um, following him and were really changing the way how they were also looking at the project, right? So that's why um, this change management combined with the user involvement is so important. And then what I'm always saying. ERP projects, we know it all being in the business for quite some years or even decades already, ERP projects are taking time, right? And uh, within a project that is taking time, it is very important to really plan for some quick wins you can mm -hmm. realize uh, very early already so that the people are really feeling and seeing that things are changing, right? If you do a two-year project and the people are looking at the end of the two years still at the same screen and it looks quite similar as it has been looking the 10 years before, then nobody will be happy, right? So this really quick wins with some innovative processes with using really the newest technology that is really so important to get the people on board and also then to make the overall uh, project successful. And as always to have the concept of best practices in data management and a focus on business outcomes at the center of, of every yeah. IT move like this, correct? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Great, well, it's always great, uh, Uva, to chat with you and gain from your experience uh, working with customers for so many years, no doubt that the journey to S4HANA will continue to be on the forefront of the discussions on this podcast for years to come. Uva Grigale of SAP, thank you for being on the podcast today. Well, the pleasure to be there, Bill. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, everyone uh, who has joined us today. You know, our podcast series will regularly take a look at the latest news from the world of data and digital transformation. We encourage you to join in the discussion. I encourage you to join in the discussion. We'll have details about how to engage with us on this program as we wrap up today. For everyone on the Data Whisperer podcast team and all of our friends at Data Migration International, our sponsors, I'm your host, Bill Wall. So long and talk soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Data Whisperer podcast brought to you by data experts, Data Migration International. You can find out about our business and services by visiting jivs.com. That's J-I-V-S.com. To follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn, simply search for Data Migration International. Stay tuned for further podcasts in the Data Whisperer series from Data Migration International.